Isabel, thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast. I've been so excited to have you back and to go deeper into the subject of wellness and body, you know, soul spirit connection and just how connected we are. And I love that you're a doctor, Dr. Isabel Myring. And um, so many exciting things have been happening even since our last episode together. You've had some really cool things that I'll let you share about later, but um, I'm so excited to talk more in depth around like how our body flows and functions and, and maybe even indicators on how we can kind of understand more about health and wellness and, um, and how important it is to, to address our body, to be connected with our body and not so disconnected. And I love that about your practice. That's really what you do is you help people reconnect and you help the body reconnect with itself and heal itself. And I could go on and on. Um, but <laughs> I just love you so much, have so much love for you. And thank you so much for coming back. Oh, thanks for having me, Whitney. I'm so stoked to be here. This has been so much fun getting to know you. I know. It's like, uh, we so have like a soul connection. <laughs> we do. 100%. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's so fun to meet, um, to meet people like you because you fascinate me. And I love, I love your personal story too, which we got into a little bit in your first episode and just kind of your journey of like discovering even that this is you know, maybe even past life related that you've been a healer for so many lifetimes and that this is definitely your path. And we resonate on that because, you know, I haven't had the past life regressions yet, but, um, but I feel that too, that this has been quite a journey for me to even come to the place that I'm at now. And so I, I love that. I feel so connected with you with that, but I love your story and just the fact that you didn't give up. And then here you are, and you have so many cool developments, even within just like opening your business this year and already like growing so much. And it just makes me so happy because you're a genuine person that cares for people and we need people like you out there. So I love it. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you. <laughs> I feel so seen when I talk to you. <laughs> I love it. It's so true, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying the truth. <laughs> um, so I have noticed because I'm in Denver, Colorado. So this is my first like real winter. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, whoa. Like my body is totally like trying to adjust my California. My flip flops in the morning are not not happening anymore. And now I have to have gloves because my hands get so cold, they hurt. And I have to have like the things on my head for my ears. <laughs> it's like a new world for a Californian, you know? Um, yep. But I was thinking of you when it really shifted weather-wise, because we had already had our episode. And I was thinking about part of what we talked about of seasonal changes and how, how our body goes through seasonal changes too. Not just, I mean, I think it is connected-ish to the weather, to the seasons. I think we're very connected with Mother mm -hmm. Earth. But we also go through seasonal ups and downs as well along with that. And so I, I know you posted about the fall weather and fall changes and that post was so helpful. Um, but I wanted to get into that a little bit more maybe on this episode for those who maybe haven't seen your post about seasonal changes and, and kind of what happens with the body and how we can really, um, I guess, utilize those changes to help us yeah. do whatever we need to do to be more connected more healed, all of that. Totally. So, yeah. Do you want to share a little bit about that? And we'll just dive on in. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like a good place to start is we've got, um, 
you know, the major seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And when you're in somewhere very hot, like where I am um, in Austin, Texas, we have a fifth season, which is late summer. So that yeah. time, like August, September, in between um, summer and fall, when it's like a hundred degrees every single day, it's hot, it's humid, it's heavy. Um, and it just feels stagnant. Like that's the time of year people are just fed up with the heat. The dampness is so, I mean, it's almost palpable, right? Everyone's just tired of the heat. They're sluggish. It's hard to, yeah, hard to get going. So a lot of us have that fifth season too. And all of these seasons um, correlate with a major emotion. Not to say you can't have the rest of the emotions, you know, during a season, but you'll feel that if we start in fall, the emotion is grief. So that's where we are now until um, winter solstice. And then we'll move into winter, which is going to be fear. And then back to spring, which is anger and frustration. And then into summer, which is joy. And then late summer is going to be worry. So you can kind of track your emotions through these seasons. And I I think even if you sit back and just think about you and how you react to things throughout these seasons, you can feel that energy. You know, it's really interesting. Like in the summer, everything is just light. You have the desire to be with people and to just do things and be lighthearted and out and about. And it's just, it's lovely. And then things kind of shift to the fall where it's like, okay, the season of letting go, the season of grief. So we talked about how there's a lot of death in this season, um, physical death or the death of plants, you know, the leaves begin to fall. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of animals pass away too, you know, as we approach these, um, these darker seasons, you know, astrologically too. And then move into winter, um, which, you know, a lot of animals hibernate. It's a season of fear. People really go internal and evaluate what's going on. And then we kind of shift to the springtime where this, and this is why, I don't remember if we talked about this, but this is part of the problem with when COVID happened, because for us, you know, March, 2020 is when there was the shutdown. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to move into spring, which that energy is, is supposed to be outward moving, getting outside, enjoying all of the new flowers and the sprouts and baby animals. And it's supposed to be this like rebirth. But instead, we almost had a second winter because yeah. we had to stay inside and go internal. And that is not what that season asks of us. So you see, you saw an increase in drinking, which of course, stress, but also the organ behind springtime is liver. So there are a few ways to really, really appease your liver. And that's why physical movement. So exercise, a lot of people also, it was like this big emphasis on drinking and then this huge emphasis on working out, right? Like Mm -hmm. home workouts and people Mm -hmm. were running and maybe they haven't ran in years or decades because these things move chi and blood, specifically liver chi and blood very strongly. So it was really interesting to watch how we all naturally gravitated towards these things that are going to soothe the liver, which was upset with the lack of outward motion. Right. And I find that interesting. So then you go to summer and it's like, you've missed spring and everyone's bodies were just set back, you know, like a couple of seasons, regardless of, you know, um, and of course the added illness factor, which was awful, but even for those of us who didn't get COVID this time, our bodies just felt dysregulated because of everything that was going on and the seasonal changes that we completely missed out on. 
So when we saw 2021 come around with the springtime and, you know, everything was a bit more open people weren't inside as much largely, you know, some people immunocompromised did, but it was almost like making up for lost time, getting outside and hiking and just being in nature because that's what we're supposed to do. So these seasonal shifts are so important. And I think the more awareness we bring to it and the more aware that you are of your own body, you really feel this shifting energy more, if -hmm. that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And with that, we have um, food shifts too, right? So if Mm -hmm. it's already cold outside, don't add more cold to your body. Cold doesn't fix cold, you know, it's opposite. If it's hot outside, spicy food and physically very hot food is going to exacerbate hot symptoms. Late summer, damp season, heavy, damp foods, like a lot of dairy, ice cream is super damp. It's just going to make you feel even heavier and sluggish. So switching up these food choices and really staying with the seasons is so important. And it's something that we've lost throughout the generations. Um, I mean, obviously foods are grown outside of their seasonal emphasis. We can get apples year round. We can get all kinds of fruits and vegetables. I'm like, where, where is this growing? (laughs) I'm so confused. And, you know, obviously we have to feed everybody something. I understand there's a lot of people in the world, but to really shift with that into, um, in the fall move towards curries or towards hot pot or every culture has their own way and their own cuisine to shift with the season. So it's kind of fun too, to maybe if you're not super in tune with your culture, maybe research the traditional dishes from your background and maybe get into that and say, oh, wow, this is how my lineage would, would prepare for these seasons. And I think that's really, really powerful. Um, And you'll notice how much more nourished you really feel actually caring and switching with these seasons. Wow. That's so crazy. That's so cool. Cause I definitely feel like I've been more conscious of like, when I go to the grocery store, I see what new fruits, like they have like all the stone fruits kind of come out, you know, like around fall. And I'm always like, yes, like that's my favorite. (laughs) I love peaches. I love nectarines. I love like all the stone fruits. So I'm like, yes, this is my favorite season. I love persimmons. I can't get enough oh. of persimmons. Not the like the the kind that you should crunch on. Not the I found yeah. out the hard way that you don't eat the one that looks like a peach. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like bigger. I was like, yeah. oh god, that was an awful experience. It was like sand mm. everywhere. <clears throat> So for those of you who have never had persimmons, don't do that. Do the ones that look like a squished tomato. (laughs) They're the best and they're so good for you. And they have more vitamin C, I think, than strawberries. So it just tells you like nature wants to support us as we're going through those seasonal changes too. Like all of the, you know, nature and the world, like, right, is naturally trying to support us to move our bodies and we naturally i think want to eat more warmer things like when it gets cold like i i stopped eating salads completely i can't even do it like i'll just add spinach to you know a scramble if i'm doing that or um or just do a lot of broths i've been doing like a lot of veggie broths um which is really good and veggie stews and all of that so i definitely feel that and that it feels good it feels better like i feel like i function better i'm not as tired even though it's darker outside, you know? Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. I love that. Very intuitive of you. Trying, trying to learn, learning from you, learning for, you know, other like Ayurvedic, you know, which is really helpful. Uh, Once you kind of understand that, like the natural way of things, then you're like, oh, got it. So then you start looking for that instead of just like whatever they have available, what what you've always eaten, that kind of thing. It brings variety. So it's good. Um, I was going to ask you with, um, especially with, uh, with the seasonal changes, like, I think it's huge that you were mentioning the emotions that are associated. And one thing you mentioned too, in our first episode was that just because it's fear doesn't mean it's like a bad or like negative. It's actually like releasing fear, like anywhere that you have fear present, anywhere that worry is present. It's actually releasing anything that is quote unquote negative or just not supportive and stepping into more of that freedom and healing. Can you explain that a little bit more? Cause I know in Chinese medicine, that's how they map it out right per season. But like the, I guess the, the purpose of each season with that emotion. Do you mind yeah. going through that a little bit? Oh no, not at all. So I think that's so important. Um, we're, we're in such an instant gratification culture and we're really fed like positive, positive, positive all the time, like be happy or get lost. And right. I, gosh, it just drives me insane. And of course we could get into the whole spiritual bypassing aspect of this, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you really have to have all of the emotions um, in order to be healthy. You know, you need to know how to process all of these yes. well. Yes. Because just because you ignore them doesn't mean they don't exist. Right. Right. Yes. So people who are just, <laughs> yes I mean, I'm yes. like, it's, it's still there. I, I, what? Yeah. And a lot of people um, I found because talking to people about this is, it's very interesting. Um, and um, like, for example, I have a great relationship with anger. I, I mean, with all of them, you know, I'm always working on, but anger and I are pals. I mean, there were a lot of times in my life where it was important that it was a dominant one. And that is not how I react to things now. But now I know, you know, like all of us are going to kind of, what's the word, we're going to kind of go gravitate towards one over the other, you know, when things happen. And mine used to be like anger and get really like frustrated and really, which anger of all the emotions is the one that tends to mask something else. But I didn't have a great relationship with um, with fear or with um, grief, so it just wanted to default to what I was comfortable with, which was anger. And although that has a purpose, um, it also has not a purpose. You know, there's a time and a place. So talking to people about this and saying that, people are like, "Oh my God, wait, are you an angry person?" And they get like, if they don't have, if they haven't processed through these emotions, then they're gonna take that. And honestly, just turn it into a, a judgment, right? Because they're mm-hmm. uncomfortable. So now it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, how do you talk about grief so much or anger so much? Well, they all exist and we all need to work on, you know, our weaknesses and our strengths. So going through the seasons, we'll start with um, springtime. So spring, um, liver season, it's going to be um, the, that frustration or anger and new beginnings. So Wow. I always think of like road rage during the springtime, you know, <laughs> like we're all we're back example. in school. Yeah. The kids are back in school and we're trying to like be out and about, but everyone's trying to be out and about. So there's traffic and things are just maybe a little bit more, more intense than what they were in the winter hibernation. And so people just get kind of 
fussy and frustrated or, or angry. So, and livery people are going to tend towards anger, right? Mm. Always. Um, so again, you, you're going to have some that you tend towards more than others. So in this season, it's a good chance to kind of look at what those triggers are, right? So do I get really angry in, in traffic and is it irrational? Do I need to learn how to soften a little bit and release this? I mean, what is behind this anger? You know, is there some unresolved or undealt with trauma? Do I, do we need to go and deal with something from the past? Is my liver just pissed off? You know, PMS liver season. So PMS is a, a big one too, mm-hmm. um, which then you can turn to, you know, acupuncture, herbs, yoga, remember physical movement and the liver is going to be really important. So going and trying to correct these imbalances, is going to be really powerful during that dominant season. Mm-hmm. You can always work on, you know, anything. Um, but I do find it really powerful to, to work with the emotion and the organ during this dominant season, if that makes sense. Total. Yep. Total so sense. then we'll, yeah, then we'll move into summer. So we've got heart, heart and small intestine are the organs, the yin yang pair, and we've got joy or the downside of that would be mania. I don't know if, um, if any of you out there have, have ever experienced like, um, a heat injury or, um, if you've had a little bit too much of something and you, you get into a little bit of a manic state, of course there's, you know, manic depressive disorder and there's a whole other things we could talk about, but I think about heat specifically, um, when you get too hot and you, it's kind of like you get that uncomfortable, but then you get into this state and you're just kind of like out of it. And you're kind of just like floating around and get a little bit manic. That's, that is what summer really intensifies. So here, um, anxiety is also going to move into joy, the other flip side of um, heart and small intestine. So a great time to notice if you're giving too much, you know, you're not grounded enough and you're just floating into space because energy moves from outward spring to upward summer. So you really need to work on like centering and grounding. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, heat exacerbates, exacerbates anxiety, exacerbates, um, a lot of things yeah. <laughs> as we know, if you've ever yeah. been too hot and people will get very grumpy, like inflamed, um, right? Like that inf- oh, yeah. inflammation of the body, inflammation of the mind, inflammation of yeah. emotions, emotions, feeling bigger than they really are. Yeah. 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 Cause that energy is so supporting like the explosive up and outwardness. Right. So whatever is coming out, it's just going to fly for days, you know, tempers flaring, all of that. So that summer is always a good time to work on having more grounding moments and more still moments to counteract the the heat and the intense energy of the outdoors. And of course, the hotter the area you're in, the more intense that this will be. Um, And depending on your constitution, some people crave heat. I crave heat. I love it. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is sometimes um, if you have an excess condition, not deficiency heat, but excess heat, sometimes you treat heat with heat, which sounds very backwards. But for me, um, mm. working on, I gosh, I worked on anxiety throughout you know, my childhood and for a long time. Um, and of course there's moments of anxiousness and the heat helps. So for me, asana or in the summer going outside and just sweating and releasing it because the sweat yeah. is going to be the body fluid of the heart is helpful. Dude, Not too noted. much. Yeah. You'll start to feel when it's too much, right? Because you'll have mm-hmm. this, you get overwhelmed. You might have a, 
yeah, yeah. You'll have like a first wave of anxiety and then you settle and you're like, okay, no, this feels releasing. Then you're going to get that second hit of anxiety, which feels more deficient than excess. Like you begin to feel tired with it. You're like, okay, yeah. this is now too much. Now I need to, to get out of the heat and cool off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing what that can do, just releasing through sweat with your anxiety. Even if it's just a moment, you know, something just triggered you and you're just feeling overwhelmed a little bit, can be really helpful. Wow. Of course, depending on your constitution. Yes. Um, then we'll move into late summer, which here um, in Austin, and I mean, a lot of the states have this damp, heavy humidity that kind of sets in. This is when you see a lot of autoimmune diseases exacerbated. Yes. So I saw lots of flare-ups of, you know, lupus, RA, you name it. Um, and people are like, I don't, I don't understand. I was doing so well. I'm like, well, it's now damp summer. Like you have a damp heat condition. And now we are in the most damp heat space of all. Yeah. So it's going to exacerbate all of that. Wow. And then people will start to realize, oh, you're right. Every year, August, September, I start to feel worse. That's what it is. Um, and of course, wow. the organs of that are spleen and stomach. So the damp organs, the digestive organs, and uh, the emotion is worry. Mm. So worry, I feel like just that overthinking, you know, like the, the, the mind always running um, and just not being settled or feeling foggy, you know, just the stampness, um, heaviness, fogginess. clouded. Like you can't even just think your way out of it. It's like too much. Everything's too much. Yeah. Hard to focus, hard to get a routine. Everything just like, yeah, you're like, you're walking through smoke, almost like really heavy smoke. Yep. Um, so it's a great time of year to stay away from the really damp, heavy foods like dairy. Um, and I always talk about ice cream because people are like, oh, it's hot ice cream. I'm like, okay, but it's so damp. It's cold and it's damp and it's going to make you feel heavy and inflamed. And this is already the inflammation time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good time to just really slow down. You know, your body's kind of had it from the first few months of summer. Just need to chill out a little bit, have some space, have some alone time. It's already hard to focus. So just do something with yourself. You know, just have that time to, to recenter, work through these worries, slow your mind and move forward into fall, which always feels like a relief for a lot of people. You know, the first cool, um, the first uh, fall breeze, all of that is, can be so relieving. But we do make the shift from this outward. You know, we go outwards in spring and then up in summer. And now the energy is going down. The leaves begin to fall you know, physical death, illness, a lot of these things set in, cold and flu season arrives, mm-hmm. viruses are having the time of their lives, you know, this is that season. Mm-hmm. So I know I even think of viruses as their own little entities because they so are. I'm like, viruses, honestly, really admire you. Stay away from me, but like, wow, yeah. like you're really interesting creatures. <laughs> so we have this time of grief and this time to really let go of anything that's not serving to you. Um, You don't have to have physical death to have grief. Yeah. You know, like you can experience loss without attending a funeral. Yep. So relationships, which you and I were talking about before this, that aren't Mm -hmm. serving to you, the energy fully supports you letting those go. Mm -hmm. Fully supported. Um, 
or I mean, anything, it's a great time to take out foods, you know, that aren't helping you. It's a great time to take out anything. Maybe you have a, a car or something in your house, you know, that's yeah. just not serving to you, then let it go. Just yeah. totally let it go and grieve it. And I think a lot of people are um, uncomfortable with, you know, setting in grief or processing through it. But it's so important to let this go because here we are, long and large intestine season. Lung is bringing in the new, the fresh, the air we need. Large intestine letting go of what we don't need physically and energetically. Mm-hmm. And if we're not nourishing these things, you know, you're going to have other issues come up. Same with every season, right? So. I honestly, I just can't stress enough how important it is to just be with these emotions. And that doesn't mean you can't, you know, move forward in your life or have joy, but these things can exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, you can listen yeah. to your body and, and, and let yourself release while also being really happy and, you know, content or joyful with other things happening in your life. Right. Yep. And things can be, you know, heavy and sad, but still be the right decision. Mm-hmm. I love that you're saying that because that gives people permission to be human. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's so much going on, like not just in the world, but with each individual person, our experiences, our background, our childhood, everything, right? Everything coming up. And there can be things that we think that, yeah, like we're, we're past that, you know, like doesn't, we don't really think about it often. It doesn't, like dictate you or, you know, you don't dream about it. Like it's nothing that's big deal, but you can still have that come up to the surface in, in one of these seasons, not realizing it. And it's not that big of a deal, like as far as like controlling your life um, or controlling your emotions or your thoughts, but it's something that you can still find more freedom in, you know, or more, more healing or more clarity um, and just releasing, you know, whatever that is. So I love that, that it's, it's not that any season that is more of like a, you know, negative emotion as we would, you know, label it, but it's not, but, you know, fear or anger or worry, or, you know, it's just because those are like the the theme of the season doesn't mean that you still find the opposite emotion or have the opposite emotion it's having both and being we are multi-dimensional multi-faceted so it makes sense that um we would experience both at the same time and that's okay like for me i'm an all or nothing so for me i go no i'm depressed i'm so depressed you know, like, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Like, I can't be happy about anything else. I'm just this, you know, not everybody's like that. I'm way intense. (laughs) So it's like, you know, but not everybody's like that. But I've even as I've kind of gotten more mature, I guess, I don't know, or just lived more life, like, things aren't such a big deal for me. Like, I'm not like dying over something dying over a friendship or a relationship like we were talking about moving on i'm not going like that was everything i'm just like well that's part of my journey and i wish them well like whether they hurt me or didn't or you know however we left things like that's okay like that's part of their journey i'm not going to judge them i'm not going to make them the devil and me you know the fluffy angel over here that you know is like doing everything right and everyone else is wrong like that's how i used to see things it's like no i have like such the best heart i didn't have any ill intent but just because 
I don't doesn't mean someone does, you know, like it, like yeah. things like that, I feel like balance out. And we realize oh um, over time that not everything is so, um, so bad or good. Sometimes it's great to have both because we're processing that and um, learning along the way how to heal and let go and release. And so I love that your work helps with that um, so much. That's so cool. And I was going to um, ask you if that's okay with acupuncture. So since our episode, I kind of went on a little binge trying to get myself Yay. also like totally in tune with needles and like, okay, with a thought, like trying to pet my, my mind, yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay. You're fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> think of needles and think happy thoughts. <laughs> Yes, but yes, what yes. you said was really helpful because I was like, okay, it doesn't sound so bad. It doesn't sound so bad. Um, <laughs> but I love the fact of like how you can pinpoint things. Like I looked into that and I thought it was fascinating that as you're going throughout the body, different things are triggering in different areas and you get to see that expression of whatever it is, even if it was something even hidden to the person um that you can see you can see that expressing in the body or the body releasing that um and so with each of these seasons like in your practice recently because we've been coming from fall we're we're in fall right now in headed soon right to um when is the winter solstice like in is that in january uh december 21st it's a coming um and i think this episode i think this episode is gonna come out right around there because we're recording this early december cool so oh yeah your episode is gonna come out right before this okay so everyone prepare yourselves um so we're gonna go right into the winter solstice here then in a couple days according to this episode being released and so what are some things that you're kind of seeing in your practice as we've been in the fall season, things are getting cold, things are dying outside. Uh, what has been coming up in your practice? Is that, is it, you think it's seasonal related perhaps? Yeah. Um, first, something I've been talking about a lot, which you almost exactly word for word touched on this um, with your angel devil analogy Mm-hmm. What I think is really powerful to think about is to think that you or me, you know, anybody plays the angel role in every single life you touch is insanity. Mm-hmm. No matter how good of a person you are or how wonderful you are or gifted and talented, which all of us are, you don't play the angel role in everyone's life. It's impossible, right? It's just impossible. And we all have teachers, um, for better or worse, sometimes our teachers are people we want to be like, and sometimes our teachers are those we learn what we don't want to be like from. Mm-hmm. And I think the sooner you realize that you don't play the angel in everyone's life, no matter what your intentions were, the sooner that we can all really understand each other better and like have peace with moving on with certain relationships, you know? You're very softly killing so many egos right now. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, to think that you aren't the angel, that's called narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now a lot more goes into that, but, um, I've been talking about this a lot with clients recently. I feel, um, as I've seen the season shift from late summer to fall, it went from, um, I was seeing a lot of autoimmune people in late summer. And then I've seen a lot of them year rounds, you know, but there's a huge emphasis on that. And then we move into fall and it's been so, I I've seen more psycho emotional clients, I think than anything else. Um, wow. 
and just people, you know, every everyday people just coming in and feeling like I just feel like I have this unprocessed grief or this like heaviness in my chest and some of whom have, you know, experienced the physical death and some who are just needing some help coming back into their bodies and releasing whatever it is that's there. I mean, I've seen a lot of this and we've done um, needles and we do cupping. Cupping is so great to really expand the back of the lungs and to get in here on the front side too and open it up physically. Because as we, um, you know, feel this heaviness and want to protect our lungs, we start to go more forward and more forward and our shoulders come up and we're protecting the space not expanding out and really just allowing ourselves to feel and to, and to just be with whatever the emotion is and let it release. So I've been doing that a lot. I've um, quote unquote prescribed a ton of breath work. You know, it's a great time of year to really nourish your lungs um, with whatever breathwork meditation works for you. Um, I have a background in Kundalini yoga. So we talk about, I prescribe breath of fire a lot. You know, if we're, if we're, we don't already have a client that's very hot and heated um, or alternate nostril breathing, just to help bring you back into your brain and balance the hemispheres. So I've been talking about that that a lot. I need to do that. Can you talk about that a little bit? I know a little bit about it, but yeah, let's get, let's get doctorfied on that though. Okay. Yeah. I just made you so happy. (laughs) I I just, I love when, when these shifts happen and then I start to talk about something I haven't talked about in a while. And it's just, it's so much fun just to have the change of pace, you know? I love it. So alternate nostril breathing, um, in Kundalini tradition, this is a good way to connect the right and left hemispheres of your brain. So think like masculine feminine side, um, creative analytical sides, however you want to look at that as perfect sun and moon any, any of that. And when you're having a moment and you're feeling just really like discombobulated and the wheels are spinning and you're feeling out of your body, this is a great way to just reset. So all you do is you're going to take your, um, thumb and your pointer finger and you're going to take your, I have my right hand. So I'm going to take my right thumb and block my right nostril. And then I'm going to inhale through my left pause, take your pointer finger, block the left exhale through your right inhale back through your right, block the right nostril, exhale left, and continue like this. So inhaling left, blocking left, exhaling right, inhaling right, blocking right, exhaling left. That's all. I already feel so different. Like I was feeling the change when we were doing that. I was like, oh my God, I'm actually feeling it. We're just taking like three breaths. I'm already like, that's it. Yeah. Wow. It's so easy. And you can do this one, you know, at your desk. Um, you can do this one while you're sitting in your car, if your eyes are open, of course, because it's just one hand and it's just breath work. Mm-hmm. So just taking this moment to kind of stop the misfiring, you know, of yeah. whatever's going on, if you're feeling overwhelmed or chaotic, coming back into your body and then moving forward. And honestly, that those three breaths, I usually tell people start with a minute. I think so many people see things and, um, actually talking to a client today who sees things in very black and white you know all or nothing mm-hmm. like if it's not perfect I'm not me. doing it <laughs> but people don't understand that if you're doing zero breath work three breaths is like a 300 improvement yeah we don't have to automatically be doing 11 minutes or 30 minutes of meditation you just meditated yeah 
you really can't do it wrong. You know, I didn't say go to an ashram and spend eight days there. Right. I said, let's just do something different. And if three breaths is all the different that you have time for. Perfect. Yeah. You know, and I think those little reminders are helpful because such an instant gratification society too. And we automatically think, okay, who's the best at this? Well, they do this way more than I do there. Therefore I'm not doing any of it. Right. Yep. <laughs> it's so easy to do that even in small ways. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So what about that breath work like regulates you? Like what about think- it does that switch? I think it's just activating, um, you know, using the different sides of your body with the different nostrils. It's just activating slightly different parts of your brain and creating like a different current. Ah, like reset. That's what I think. And everyone was totally welcome to email me and tell me that I was incorrect. But there's something about that, that switch up in your brain thinking you know, some people tend to have one nostril more blocked than the other anyways. So when you're really focusing on just one, it's like whatever was spinning is now irrelevant because you're changing something, you know? Yeah. And And you're slowing down your breath. Yeah. You're slowing down your breath and breath work in general, I think on a, just a general playing field helps you because you're instead of the thoughts or the emotions or the situation or your environment, you're actually just focusing on your breath and that alone can do that. But I think that's so cool that you can actually, um, cause I've heard that before that it like helps regulate you and, and change like the, or adjust the circuitry of what's happening, um, which is so cool. It's so cool that we can do that. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's really awesome. Totally. <laughs> so you have found more people that are dealing with emotional issues, like from autoimmune, like physical, you're seeing that people are kind of coming in for more things that are internal, like emotional, yeah. not so much physical, but like on a soul level mind, emotions and will kind mm-hmm. of level. Yeah. And, um, allergies, like lung pathologies, allergies, asthma, um, here in Austin, allergies are year round. So, you know, we don't always get away from this, but um, I've been seeing a lot of that. I've also been treating a lot of people post COVID for like taste and smell recovery, mm-hmm. um, which if any of you are still struggling with a loss of taste or smell from being sick, please go see your local acupuncturist. Um, even if it's not me, it's, I have successfully treated at this point, like a dozen people. Like they can smell and taste again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. it's all about, we do a bunch of scalp needling and it's all about repatterning your brain. Wow. Um, I mean, it's, I had a woman who, she couldn't taste anything. I think there were like two foods that she could taste. She was like, this is horrible. And all she could smell was gasoline, like things that should have smelled great, like flowers smelled like gas, which I've been hearing a lot. Um, and then by the time we finished, she was back to eating like her normal array of fruits and vegetables and um, things, flowers smelled like flowers. It wasn't just some wow. putrid, weird smell, which I can't imagine having yeah. that. It was awful. Yeah, Everyone loves awful. smelling a good flower, you know? I know, right? It's like the simple pleasure of life. <laughs> yeah, or like a baby's head, like can't smell that. It's yeah. terrible. Some people love baby feet, you know? 
Yeah. 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 That's amazing that I didn't even know that you could do that. That's so cool that like with acupuncture alone, you can just re recalibrate so that the brain can think properly and, and put things in the right bucket of like, this is yeah. a flower, not gas, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty big differences there. <laughs> pretty big differences for sure. Um, that's amazing. So with, with acupuncture, we talked a little bit about that. Um, it, that it also is, it's dealing with the electromagnetic current, right? I got that right within our body basically. Yeah. So yeah. that's why like a metal needle, like not just, um, like if you did a toothpick, you know, like a wood, you know, yeah. it wouldn't, it wouldn't do anything. Um, it, but it's the metal aspect that helps with the current of electricity within our body, which is like the communication information realm. Yeah, right? absolutely. And with, um, I mean, I think, of course, I, I tend to be more esoteric on things and it's worked for me thus far, but the practitioner and their energy play a big role too, because mm -hmm. if I have a needle in you and I'm manipulating the other side, my energy and my chi is being conducted to you. So I think it's largely important to have a mm -hmm. practitioner that you connect with and that you trust. Um, if I have a client and we're just like not in sync, I'll refer them out. You know, I'm like, I, I feel like I have someone who could help you better. Or if they're just like, you know, if there's something and I don't feel they're totally comfortable for whatever reason. And it's, I never take offense to something like this because it's so personal. Like you should have somebody that you totally click with um, for whatever reasons that are important to you, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that it, the metal is the conductor both internally and externally. So you're practitioner really matters didn't even know that that's so crazy that's it'd be so the cool. same for you right if you were touching them and, and raking yeah. and using the needles that were all the way in the body like makes totally. sense yeah yeah and I know I'm not every person's cup of tea it's part of it <laughs> yeah you know like you only connect if you're meant to connect I guess you know is how yeah. I see it it's nothing personal but yeah that makes total sense and with that like can you ever do too much acupuncture and it kind of be maybe just not as helpful? I don't know. Like, cause I know like with Reiki, it's not that you can ever do too much, but it's just also the empowerment factor of realizing like everything you have is within you. And so once you feel that connection and that connectedness right within you, um, yeah. to God source, universe, spirit, whatever you connect to with that, but then also within yourself and you, you can feel your energy centers finally working properly and aligned and in balance. And that feeling you're, you're way more now sensitive to when you go out of balance. So is that kind of the same thing with acupuncture similarly, I guess, cause yeah. it's a different type of energy work. Yeah, I would say it's, it's similar um, with the one caveat of uh, if we're working with like, uh, you know, chronic illness or, um, I mean, there are certain cases where I truly think that you could go and see your acupuncturist once or twice a week for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I, yeah. you could say I could, you probably get Reiki once a week the rest of your life if you really wanted to. Um, yeah. but I think that for some clients, there's definitely a stopping point, right. Um, or at least for now, you know, maybe you go in cycles or, 
you're welcome to come preventatively or just for stress management, but that's probably not going to be once a week all the time. You know, it's going to be every other week or once a month or, or whatever. It really, the timing really depends on what we're working on and how acute or chronic the, the focus matter is. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So there's not like too much, not too much cupping or anything like that. Okay. (laughs) I switched. We could do too much cupping. (laughs) I think you could do cupping. Um, My maintenance schedule personally is once a month and I've been doing this for years. I mean, I just love it. I'm obsessed. (laughs) Like straight up. You couldn't do cupping. Um, I wouldn't do it once a week for very long. Um, and I, you definitely wouldn't want to do it more than once a week on the same areas. Cause you're just, you have to give your body the time to completely detox and let go of whatever came up before doing it again, or else you're in this constant state of detox, which that's not helpful. You know that what I mean? Sense. Yeah. 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 Cause you're bringing things up to the surface so much that are so deep, right. With cupping. Yeah. 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 So a lot of times what you do is both cupping and you do acupuncture too, like for different areas and different things. Yeah. What are like some of the main differences between the two of why you would use them together and like what their elements are? That's a good question. Um, I would say for areas that are areas of the body that are really excess. So say we're a couple of weeks out from an injury. Um, let's say you have a shoulder injury. Needling is going to be like really awesome for um, tissue repair mm-hmm. and frozen shoulder, all of these things. Like it, it's really great. But if, if uh, you have deep, deep stagnation and, you know, the cut marks are extremely dark purple, um, you really need to keep doing the cupping also. Because the acupuncture works great, but you have to also dredge that stronger. And eventually the acupuncture would get to all of that, Um, kind of. But I'm going to do cups like 10 out of 10 times as long as the client's okay with it. Because that's so important. For deficiencies, I don't really want to cup at all unless I'm doing positive, I mean severe ones, unless I'm doing some positive magnet cupping. That's really stimulating we're just going to do needles because we need to get in there and nourish and cupping, um, is not, I want to say it's not nourishing, but that makes it sound like, you know, like it's always balls to the wall, really intense. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying, but think about like a client who just had chemo two weeks ago. I'm not going to do a bunch of cupping. You know, I'm not going to move a bunch of their limbs. I'm not going to no. like the point is to get in there and work on nausea, like really nourish, 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 bring them back into their body. I know that's an extreme example, but that kind of helps people understand, yeah. oh. Because they're already depleted. They're already stripped. Yeah. So they don't yeah. need anything sucked out anymore, you know, or, no. or removed. They need they need nourishment added in. That makes sense. Yeah, well, I'll just throw up, you know, if I did cupping, it would be horrible. <laughs> yeah. And for somebody that has too much of something, they would need it more so removed like with cupping, like have it taken out. Cause that's basically what happens, right? With cupping is it brings things to the surface to be released. Yeah. To be flushed out to the lymphatic system. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
and you talked about like the different ones like there's people that have no energy like coming out and you can see that in like the cup mark um Mm -hmm. do you see similar things probably very different because it's not like so like drawing out but do you see similar symptoms or something similar to that with acupuncture can you see it or is it more of like um like see it on the surface of the skin or do you more so just see it energetically moving like and how they feel afterwards is that kind of the indicators with with um you can feel it through the needle also oh the practitioner no way yeah Mm -hmm. wow yeah so you've got um before you put the needle in if you're working down a meridian you know and feeling for because you learn where the points are on the perfect ideal person, which doesn't exist. So then you have to go to your real life person and find where the points are, you know, give or take a couple millimeters or sometimes centimeters if you have a very tall person, you know what I mean? It's the proportions completely change. So when you're running down like the meridian, um, cut mark, not a bruise, (laughs) and you're feeling it, there are certain spots where with certain pressure, you can feel like a divot or a dip Mm -hmm. in the meridian. And that's going to be a spot of deficiency. Something's going on. And you can also feel um, like dampness by the way the skin responds or more of like a bounce back sponginess or tightness for like an excess portion. And then the needles will pop to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> yes and then the needles will talk to each other especially if you do like two and one meridian so if we did like corner of your elbow large intestine 11 and then right in between your thumb la4 yeah you can feel the difference i mean there's differences in the tissue in different areas right and that's that's what right. you learn but then you learn how to feel beyond that based on when you're manipulating the needle and also just touching the area around it wow and there are different layers you've got three layers in every point so whether we're going to manipulate it to pull things out, one of the um, bringings heaven, heaven's coolness is the name of a technique where you're doing some twisting at each layer and then really strongly pulling the needle, not totally out, but almost out. Cause it's like, you're yanking something out, like, you know, like leave dispelling something. And then there's an opposite one where you're really reinforcing and then you're pushing in really strongly at the different levels. So you learn to feel at these different levels and feel down the meridian for deficiency, excess, et cetera. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. <laughs> it's so cool, man. We're so connected. Um, wow. So that, that probably gives people a little bit more information on the differences between the two so that they can kind of know, um, maybe what they more so need, you know, versus, but I love that you do both. And that's what makes your practice so unique and so amazing um, is you're very in tune with your people, very in tune with your clients. And I can't wait to fly down there, which has to happen Mm. soon. I just have to do it. (laughs) That are just like, come up to Denver, come hang out with me. (laughs) Anytime I'm there. Yes, absolutely. I would love that. Um, but I wanted to just kind of end with um, maybe some of your recommendations as we're about to head into winter. We're coming from fall yeah. into winter in just a couple days. 
So what are some things that we can do to help our bodies transition? And I know this is very broad brush because everyone's coming okay. from different things, but if you just have any recommendations, I'd love for you to share. Totally. Totally. Um, I feel like the, the big one is give yourself permission or I will give you permission right now if you need someone else to say it to slow down. So as we get to solstice, we move into winter. It's normal and natural for your body to want to do less and rest more. And I think one of the worst things that you can do for your body is to keep your summer schedule in the winter. Mm. You know, like the go, 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 the constant go, the constant, like I have energy for 10 hours a day. Yeah. You just don't. And that's okay. That's, that's how this was supposed to be. We're supposed to fluctuate because if we don't fluctuate, and we stay just like this the whole time. How do we enjoy anything? You know, like there's nothing to compare it to. We're not taking a moment to really get in tune with ourselves. It's just flat. Mm. No, nobody wants that. And that's what this culture wants us to do is the same output year round. And that's just not right. And I really hope this changes over time. So give yourself that permission to slow down, turn towards more um, reflective activity. So meditating or, or reading or writing anything that just gives you time with yourself and to let, to, that lets your mind just be internal. That's going to be really, really important going on walks. Um, just more meditative activities physically. And then I would say, um, you know, we touched briefly on food wise, but turning to warming foods. So Honestly, I don't see any good reason to eat a salad. <laughs> I really don't. Unless you're eating soup right next to it and you're bite for bite, just balancing it. And you'll notice that if it's, if you're in a place that's cold and you're eating this cold food, your digestion is not going to last. You're going to start to have loose stool gas and bloating is a great sign that something is off in your gut. And a lot of the times it's just cold, yeah. uh, which is fair because it's in winter time. So Maybe if you've been wanting to experiment with soups or bone broth or vegetable broth or, you know, whatever your eating preference is, try it now. Try making a rice dish, you know, get out your Instapot and dust it off and experiment with these recipes because you'll just notice how much better you feel and the better your digestion is. Herbal wise, winter is a um, time for your kidneys and bladder, you know, and, and of course we talked about the emotional side of this being fear but we want to really get in and nourish those kidneys, which part of this is going to be um, the physical area of your kidneys. So your low back, right? So I love a good crop top, as I said in the last episode, but in the winter, try and just cover your back, you know, in the back of your neck. This is where wind enters your body in Chinese medicine, which is going to correlate to common colds, to um, different viral diseases, which I know you're like, what? It gets in my mouth and my nose. I, I, totally get it. But keeping this area of your body covered and nourished is going to be really helpful. Same Do with your low it. back. Going to pull out yeah. the scarves. Pull out those scarves. You will not regret it. I promise. And they look super cool. Yes, ma'am. And then the bottom of your feet. Um, I don't know if we talked about kidney one, but in between your second and third toes, I feel like my foot is dirty or I would show you pretend this is my foot. Yeah. This is my toe. So you're going to go between your second and third toes and you're going to go over your pad of your feet and your finger is going to kind of fall into this divot. And it's probably a little tender on everybody. 
this is kidney one. So the start of your kidney meridian and the connecting point of your aura energetically. So very important point. And this is why people tell you to have your feet covered when they're cold and to really protect your feet and to keep them nourished and to do the warming foot baths and the foot soaks. That's why, because this point is so important. This is how you ground. In fact, if you ever feel just completely ungrounded and dysregulated, either warm your feet with slippers or massage this point. It's amazing what it can do for you. Yeah. Duly noted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that. And do you know that I don't wear socks? (laughs) 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 Like if I'm at home, I have my feet like totally exposed. I'm such a Californian. Like I I want my feet to breathe. (laughs) But like, I've been noticing that with like the winter, I was like, "Mm, I feel like I need to get some slippers. (laughs) It will just chill you to the core if you don't, honestly. Yeah. And like detoxing, right? Like that's so important. I've been feeling like I'm a bath girl, but I've been feeling Mm -hmm. even more like I just want to sit in a bath and relax and soak like in really not scolding, but very hot water. I've been feeling that a lot lately. So totally. that makes sense because that would help draw anything out um, that you need, right? With detox and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And then remember your warming herbs always, your ginger, your turmeric, uh, your ginseng, all of these things are, or wrenching, extremely warming, um, extremely nourishing. And then you can get into more specific ones if you're having, you know, kidney or bladder pathologies, but those are a few that are good for most people, you know, always caveat, but, um, just keep warming your, your soul, your body, mind, and soul. Cause they're really not separate and you can't treat one without treating the others or yep. you're just not going to get that far, honestly. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. Thank you for that. I'm, I would even lift my feet up, but I'm sure nobody wants to see my feet either. <laughs> Uh, whether they're dirty or clean (laughs) but like I I think that's amazing like I'm as soon as we're done like I'm gonna go check it out (laughs) and and feel it because I think that's so cool so not your big toe but between your middle toe and your third toe in and you're gonna do it aren't you (laughs) oh my god they are so dirty okay no one cares it was 80 degrees I don't don't love shoes so yeah yeah you're gonna go you're good here oh. it's tender you'll know i mean this is like this is a little zingy i should probably go do some warming foot things some nourishing things too yeah i want to do it like right after i work out Me too. bath time yeah that'll be good and then i'll do the the therapy so kidney one is there kidney two that we should also massage or point pinpoint is that what that means you can yeah yeah so you'll your kidney meridian is going to start there the bottom of your foot and then it's going to like work its way outside of your foot to um, your, in between your um, malle- medial malleolus and your Achilles, oh, and then wow. up the medial portion of your leg to like under your knee in between these two tendons. Wow. And then it will go up like into your thigh by your pelvis, belly button, and then up here. Wow. So if you so want to do any like kidney meridian, yeah, yeah, it's going to go like right up into here. Um, if you want to even Google kidney meridian, look at the route, you can do some kidney massage. Um, cause it's so, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why 
feet and like massages are so awesome and there's a lot of meridians too but like that medial portion gets into liver and kidneys Mm -hmm. it's just so like sedating and nourishing to really work on those yin meridians as we're in the the yin half of the year it's so important just to be aware of it and to to do that and to take the time to nourish ourselves is so important because I think overall, like with everything we talked about today and even in our first episode, I love getting into the body because it's something that we don't sometimes we ignore a lot because we're just like work, 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 you know, get things done, interpersonal relationships. We're not so like in touch with our bodies and how our bodies are doing until it becomes a problem, until it becomes something that even stops you from being able to go to work like a cold or something like that, you know, where it's like, yeah. no, now I'm in bed and it's not and all kinds of stuff or a headache or, you know, or pain yeah. elsewhere in the body. And so I want, I want to stay so connected that I get in tune with that before it becomes a huge problem. And I can actually access that and, and help my body you know, regulate or heal or totally. release. And so I think that's what's so beautiful about the work you do is that it's so integrative and it's so accessible to everybody. Like everybody can even, like you said, like do that point on your foot. Like, you know, we can take in the herbs that we need to take. We can sleep as much as we feel like we need to sleep and give ourselves permission to to do that in, in the seasonal changes. And I just love that. Um, so thank you so much for that because I know it's something we need and I think we do need yeah. to give ourselves permission to sleep more, relax more as we're yeah. entering in the season. That's that's the whole point is for us to kind of mm -hmm. have a different type of reset. And I love that spring, summer is a, is a different type of reset, right? Both are yeah. all our resets in a different way. And so thank you so much for coming back on and Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And yeah, oh, happy holidays. I know, it's so exciting. <laughs> I love this it time, so it makes exciting. me so happy. So um, to end, um, and I love that you're a kitty cat for those who are watching, so okay. beautiful. Oh my gosh, just so wants much. to, <laughs> it's like, hey, like, what are I, have we doing? <laughs> I have something to say. I wanna be right here too, cause mom's here, Always. I love it. I love it. Always. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, what is like one of your favorite um, Christmas traditions? Oh, wow. Good holiday question. Holiday traditions. One of your favorites. Yes. So I usually, my grandmother, who's my angel, lives in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. Like literally population 206, I think was the last <laughs> century. That's awesome. And we all pile in a van and we drive 12 hours, 15 and a half from Austin um, to get out there. And we play games. We play cards. We're a huge card playing family. I love it. Yeah. And when we had, um, we used to have a four wheeler up there and we would tie inner tubes behind it and like inner tubes that you put in a tractor tire, you know, like the hardcore ones. Yeah. And we would like drive through the snow with two tubes attached behind it. And that was just the best. That's awesome. I love a it. Small town Christmas, you know? Yes. I love it. That's so yeah. great. 200 and how many? 206, I think, was the last census. Um, Bedford, Nebraska. Wow. 
That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great tradition. Yeah. My family, we were, we're board game people. We've always mm. played board games and Christmas movies. So that's so awesome. Always. Well, yeah. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And I know oh. we'll be talking. Thank you so much for coming back onto the Soulish podcast and just like really sharing like so much wisdom and knowledge. It just, it blows me away every single time. I'm like, I did research for this episode and I'm still like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Blown Thank away. you for having me. I absolutely love this. And I'm just realizing I just had a good friend move to Denver. So I am going to give her your information be like hey yes, go check her out yes please like everybody yes. needs friends i love new friends <laughs> yes absolutely awesome well thank you so much and we will yeah. definitely be having you back in 2022 for more so thank you so much dr okay. isabel myring <laughs> oh, thank you so much we'll talk soon <laughs> <laughs>